four, three, two, rewind. Rise of the Fallen MMO Quest Pantheon. Once again, time to pledge. Very excited. We're here to talk. Let's get this party to share your thoughts. Co-host Derek. Weekly Adventures. Co-host Desiree. We're almost professional. Full disclosure. <laughs> uh, dangerous combination. Creating content and optimizations. Got a lore video coming. Cannot wait. Which is all about drone fast and some sort of a uh, cake. Mail on a Sunday. News and notes. Schedule for this week. Hot cocoa. All these people supports the show. Adventuring party. Uh, are you ready? Let's go. Let me take a deep breath. Good day, everyone, and welcome to episode 138 of The Rewind. This podcast covers the week that was in Pantheon, Rise of the Fallen's ongoing development, as well as what's up in the community anticipating this MMORPG. This week, we've got some unexpected lore drops to recap. We've got a major Pantheon Plus announcement to get hyped about. And, as always, a bevy of community content to share. It's exciting times around here, but the best joy is that which is shared with others. So join me, Theric, and my euphoric co-host, Desrin, for this week's Rewind. Wow, Desrin, what a week, man. So many good things going on this week. What a crazy week. I'm almost sad to see it come to an end. I like Friday, <laughs> but this week's been so great. In the Pantheon <laughs> realm, I feel like it's been a pretty good week. Yeah, Hell yeah, for sure. It's been a great week. Yeah, there's so much fun. I mean, but this is the part where we talk about other stuff other than Pantheon. We'll get yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah, just stuff, as, you know, people uh, start trickling in, you know, got to yeah, ease up. Gotta, and... You got to, <laughs> yeah, share a little little few things that are going on. I've been watching The Last of Us. Like, Ooh. my wife and I are 100% in on that. Have you been, you haven't watched it? No, I, I don't have HBO, but I mean, I'm definitely interested. And I've heard it's so far, like, doing oh, a really good job. Really, really good. It's become our Sunday night ritual. Although it was on like they released it a day earlier, two days earlier last week, I think. So it's become our Sunday night ritual, and I, I severely missed that once House of the Dragon ended. And <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, so love it. You gotta have it so something. much. Even the intro. Yeah, you gotta have something right, and then something like your perfect wind down for the end of the weekend, right? So I just think it's one of the best shows out there right now. So other than that, how are you doing? You doing okay? Yep, everything's crazy, and my head is barely screwed on, but uh, but we're here. I don't have to hold my microphone this week. I, I retrieved my microphone boom, um, so I I have a free hand. Uh, well, I mean, I still have to get around our document and everything, but like... <laughs> yeah, so you can talk with your hands on an audio-only podcast, just because you need to, right? I could, and you know I will, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's, well, that's what I, I do. That's what you do. Hey, you know what else are adventuring party does <laughs> that was a bad transition oh, man but usually those transitions are so good this was a bad one uh, it's, it's okay it it happens every once in a while yeah they can't all be zingers right uh so our adventuring party this week of course is ziplocks on the dark mer rogue sparrow on the elf ranger bounty coat on the human wizard screech on the scar bard wiki woo on the human enchanter shuriken on the dwarf cleric horsesaurus on the human warrior churro dude on the halfling dire lord Fury Wrath on the Archive Summoner, Pavejo on the Gnome Wizard, Sarah Avienda on the Elf Ranger, Gallerine Moonsong also on the Elf Ranger, and Annoying Llama on the Human Monk. So those folks all are part of our Patreon. If you want to get involved in that and you want to have your name and Pantheon future race and class shouted out on the show like that, head over to the Patreon. It's linked in the description and you can check out the options there. You also can leave a super thanks or a super chat if you want to do it more casually and just want to show us 
whatever amount of appreciation via that. But of course, the main appreciation is just being here, hanging out with us, sharing a, a good time, sharing the joy like I talked about in the intro. And uh, those that uh, do will get their names on that scrolling banner going across the bottom of the screen during the show as a uh, fun way to uh, sort of acknowledge that support. So yeah, we got a lot to talk about, Desrin. Uh, let's, uh, let's get the show on the road. Let's hit the road. This week in Visionary Realms, news and notes. All right, so we are going to be covering the VIP Bring Out Your Devs uh, roundtable. I still call it roundtable because it's still stuck I know, in my mind. But I, I, I still can't get over it either. I, I, the only reason I can remember it at all is uh, the initials or like the acronym or whatever is B-O-Y-D and I think like Billy Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really, yeah, the acronym still gets me too, but it is a good title. So, you know, and they've got the little intro with Bring Out Your Devs. But anyway, they released this to the public and I was really happy they did because this is one of my favorite uh, VR devs and that is J.N. Gerhardt, their lead writer, lore master himself. <clears throat> and they they did it sort of in the spirit of Valentine's Day. They had a nice little screenshot that came along with it of a oh, yeah. nice couple looking off into the sunset there. So happy Valentine's Day, everyone out there from us and from VR. But let's cover this uh, Let's cover this uh, developer interview because it was a really good one. Eh? It, it was really good. And it always cracks me up whenever we hear JN like in, in voice, uh, how similar his like mannerisms are to Joppa. Like you can tell yeah. they spend time together. <laughs> it's Absolutely. just really fun. Yeah, they do that thing where they're like, they talk very purposely. There isn't a lot of like, I'm trying to sort of mimic it right now, but it's like, it's very thoughtful the way that they, their speech patterns are. And I agree with you. Yeah. You can tell that they're friends. And, right? and I I'd really resonate with the humor style too. Uh, I don't know why yeah. that kind of, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's the kind of humor that they have. It's just, it's great. And it reminds me of a lot of friends, uh, friendships that I have. So, Yeah. Yeah. That's very familiar, right? Yeah, and I should probably apologize ahead ahead of time to people that had to listen to this live. Again, we're not. This isn't like a normal thing that they release live, and and so during the recording, um, we tend to have like a little bit of fun <laughs> in the chat. And I was just in a really goofy mood uh, last Thursday, and I was like just full on like disruption and. <laughs> and heckling mode uh as they're recording this thing <laughs> you know thinking it's going to be private but i will say like savanya's a bad influence like you, you guys yeah. gotta yeah, know yeah, yeah. she she is really a bit of like she's an instigator too so like that's my excuse yeah. but uh, a provocateur if you will yes Ooh, an instigator yes. is a good way but uh, yes she's very good at provoking you to to <laughs> cause trouble in the in the chat and you heard it throughout the recording a few times where yeah that's you know he's like you know not looking at chat but i see a question and yes desrin you know like you got called out a couple times for being a goofball and it which happens was, which so, was hilarious so, sorry that that's public now uh you know it's <laughs> a little less smooth than it probably could have been if i just was a little calmer but no it's fun man it keeps it real and and just you know it's just it makes it very uh very wholesome so i enjoyed hearing your your nonsense in the oh, background good, but good. Uh, <laughs> but so we got a lot yeah, of a lot uh, of we got a lot of <laughs> a lot of good stuff out of this and and it started with a little bit of uh, information about jan's background um how he came onto the team i thought it was pretty neat to hear the uh 
you know, how he sort of brought the lore uh, writing uh, in, you know, his background as a screenwriter, novelist, you know, coming into this job and, and uh, you know, nothing in terms of the previous characters or worlds that he's written sort of made it through. But one interesting story he talked about was when he was telling Joppa about one of the characters from his novels and Joppa liked the idea so much. That's what got him on board yeah. with VR as part of the lore team. So, you know, it's like people find it, you know, they're, they're calling through strange avenues sometimes. And I think this is just a really cool story about, you know, that, that happening. He's, he was, you know, go on to, he would go on to express how grateful he is that this is his first gig right. in, in game development in, in the gaming industry and at all. So really neat. And, um, sort of attached to that was a cool story about, you know, sending some of the excerpts from his work to Brad and hearing how Brad was really into the, his ideas, but also wanting to keep some of the own, you know, like the, the war wizards, some of the original yeah. stuff, the legacy lore, if you will. And I thought that was pretty cool. So I, I really like that. Yeah. It was pretty funny how, I guess, you know, when he was brought on shortly after his, uh, I can't remember the words he used, but he basically was like, I wanted to ax everything. <laughs> yeah. He um, wanted to burn it to the ground or but, something like that. Yeah. But obviously they kept, you know, a lot of the kind of pillars of, of the game, uh, the background and everything and adapted other things to make more sense. Um, which is mm-hmm. a really interesting like process, uh, and I I feel like the the whole general gist of like the trajectory of Pantheon is so akin to like the early days of of games being developed. Like it, it mm-hmm. this I don't want this to come out like negative at all, but it, it's like just a group of people that have like something they want to do that they're not necessarily like bound to how it's been done for the last twenty years, you know. Um, right. And uh, I really appreciate that. And I also really loved how, uh, as he's talking about like his inspirations and stuff, uh, he really emphasized like real world history as, as something that he kind of mm-hmm. draws from. Um, and, and not like just to like copy, you know, or be like, oh, this is World War II, but a fantasy version kind of a thing. Like, you know, we've seen a, a lot of, um, but more just kind of yeah. like a feel of like how history is written down. Like, Right. You know, like right. personal accounts. Um, I, I don't know the whole, like, you know, how you would read like a personal account, like a letter versus, you know, what's in a history book. And um, I feel like we get a really great combo of like both of that. And mm-hmm. it, I think that's one reason that the Pantheon lore feels so authentic and like relatable is just that, that weird style of like how yeah. believable that is, you know? Absolutely. I totally agree with you. He's, he's really into the history, you know, like world history. And one of the things that he talked about on that, in that vein was the power, you know, like the sort of the unseen power that some of the ancient civilizations had, right? These, these amazing uh, empires of old, you know, of ancient earth, you know, and, and even not even that so ancient, but like, they had this massive amount of power, but it was often that you didn't see it. You just, you know, they sort of lived in this space in your head that was um, so monumental that it, it, that's where it got its power from. And, and I just, I love that he's, it's based in, you know, there's a lot of base in, in real history and some of the best fiction, you know, um, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of the fiction I've read has its roots in real world history. And I think that's some of the best stuff because it just grounds it and yeah. makes it like you say, authentic. I don't know if you if you've read much of like the Kickstarter era lore, but like it's it's, it's pretty funny how much things yeah. have changed. <laughs> yes, because 
there was a lot of stuff that was different back when, before Jan came on and, and he talked about that a little bit. Did you know that some of the original lore, there was a, a gin race, like a genie race, right? Yeah. Uh, there was trolls. I did not remember any of this. So I, I knew it from the Kickstarter stuff and I remember reading it at the time, uh, but I you know was still learning it. And then when it all changed or not all changed, but when he came on and started to sort of, it got more, took more shape as to what we know it is today. Um, it's sort of, it's fallen away from my memories, but some of the stuff he said, I didn't remember. So, and the Revenant was once a playable race, yeah. which is crazy because they're still so prominent in the lore as this sort of, the, you know, the, the antagonist of the world, if a you bit, will. Yeah. Uh, so really interesting. And NJN said something that I knew you would pick up on. He created the Archai, one of the first yeah. races he created was asked to create an elemental based race and the archive are, are the result of that. So really, really interesting. Yeah. Right? I mean, honestly hearing that that was kind of like the first race that he made for the project, uh, was, you know, it makes me even kind of more proud that my main is going to be an archive, <laughs> you know, like I like, it's the yeah. OG, it's the, <laughs> it's the original, uh, JN, the original Gerhardt, uh, creation. Well, and so when everybody, whenever, whenever somebody asks Jan what his favorite race is, he always defers. He says, I can't choose my favorite kid. Yeah. You know, like they're all my children. <laughs> but mm, hard to argue the with archive, the archive man. being your first, yeah, firstborn, right? Nah. <laughs> so don't let my, uh, my, my younger son hear that, but you know. <laughs> uh, maybe that's how it goes. Uh, he talked about the dragons a little bit, which was pretty cool. It said, um, you know, the the in terms of the naming conventions, um, and then compared that to the humans, which it, you know, and how you name your lore creatures, how you name the inhabitants of your world, has a real impact on your on the world you're building. So these differences, right? Yeah, so it's really interesting. I, right? I I mean, obviously, this is something that you have to keep in mind but one one thing i think that we really like about fantasy worlds is when you know different parts of the world or different races or whatever like have really distinct stylings and one of the stylings yeah. is of like you know naming conventions and uh he he made note that like the dragons have like very specific rules and then the humans mm. have you know a lot more flexible like rules for naming and they they could go by nicknames and stuff that you wouldn't typically get for the dragons um right yeah yeah those dragon naming rules are kind of interesting and i've talked about this before but like if you look at the names in the lore it's like rock Nilthem rock Nilthemos. and then you know they all have like a three-letter um preposition almost followed by an apostrophe yeah. and that preposition denotes where they are on the hierarchy the dragon hierarchy um so then there's quite a few of them and it's really interesting. So like tell Narciss, the snow dragon, rock, Nilthamos, yeah, Rika Firos, you know, all these different ones is super cool. And he made a joke about, you know, I guess the, the, the apostrophe fetish, if you will. Dude, it's, that, he mentioned fires of heaven forums and that just cracks me up that he even went yeah. there. <laughs> who knew he was, who knew he was, he was cruising over on the fire of heavens forums, which are not, pantheon friendly most of the time um so <laughs> it's funny though i mean i guess that was from the old days maybe when that was a thing and and uh, but again you know framed in the in the context of you know all feedback's good feedback and and if we were going crazy with the apostrophes you know tell us about it you know let yeah, us hear it yeah he there was a phrase he used that i absolutely loved and i keyed in on uh, because it's on this topic he said even tolkien had his Minas tirith but he also had his mount doom and 
I just think that elegantly says so much about the importance of keeping your 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 names, your your nomenclature grounded in the world, right? So yeah. people don't get too too out there with their bespoke lorisms, if you will. Well, yeah, and that, I mean that one stood out to me too. That's uh, just a good little nugget. Um, and one kind of interesting thing that he didn't say, which ties into that, is you know Mount Doom does have like a a name, like a local name, you know. Uh, right. I, I wish I could remember it right now, but I don't know. What but it is. like don't a lot me. of things in Lord of the Rings have multiple names depending on the culture that's naming it at the time. Mm, and right. what does if Terminus Terminus has like three, <laughs> four names that we know of? Yes, something like that's a great example. Very so, good example. Like of- it, it's it ground like you said it grounds the world because that's exactly how people are in real life. How things are named in real life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So so really nice context there. So he went on to talk quite a bit about Wild's End, and that's uh, the the area we've seen a bit of in, in recent streams. So going on about some of the points of interest there, uh, one of the in- really cool things was the giant ruins, how that sort of came to be because apparently Wild's End was not populated very much with enough points of interest. So right. You know, the gate has been there forever. The gate has was part of the original design. And if you go back to the original website, if you go into the, you know, the Wayback Machine and look at the original website, the lore for the gate is there. Uh, but they wanted to build out, you know, build out from that, I guess. And so that's where these giant ruins that we've been seeing lately came from. Uh, so you you see these and he dropped a name. He actually gave us a name of, uh, I guess, a leader of the giants. It was Amicus. Amicus, I think is the yeah. way he said it. Amicus, Amicus. I, I don't know. It makes me think of like a, an a, a abacus, uh, the math <laughs> like machine. A adding machine. <laughs> but but it's an amical abacus. It's a, sorry, <laughs> an I'm, amical I'm sorry. Abacus. I'm sorry. If JN listens to this, I'm sorry. I don't want to make fun of you, Amy. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. He doesn't but, sound but yeah, very this amical to me. Uh, if I understood it right, this wasn't a character that is like the original like architecture creator of the gate but the the group of giants that came after right am i tracking okay what i heard was that he was a leader he was extremely large and he had an influence on the architecture that's that we see there now so like it was different before and then he came along apparently he had some sort of aims like other aims yeah one of the questions later on in this in the dev stream that was asked it was my question he didn't answer it because he's smart enough not yeah, to just answer my no. question sometimes <laughs> that was so great yeah it was just no and there was a question there's a quote in the giant lore that talks about like um they made a deal with the halflings something about oh, i'm trying to remember what i what the quote is now but um you know deny the galdasi air um something about the throne anyway there's a there's a line there and i think I might speculate that this might had something to do with what his aims were because maybe there was something to do with that deal with the halflings. Anyway, yeah. obviously very mysterious and very nebulous. We don't know, but lots of stuff to uh, to sort of chew on there once we get in and we can start exploring this stuff. Well, but also you know, just the, the general gist of that this was here before and then changed. And then in yes. present, uh, I think he even said that there, the, this group of giants isn't there now either and so right. we get to That's have right. this like his this world history of yeah. uh even these points of interest uh which i think is just it's it's cool it's a lot deeper than you'd expect you know to have basically two mm-hmm. civilizations come through before yeah he and he said that that's what gives worlds 
texture is they have a past and they and they have a present and a future, right? And a lot of, I mean, not to, you know, go off on a tangent here, but a lot of <laughs> games these days, MMOs, you know, it's hard to really understand what has come before sometimes. You're just sort of like, you're given this, this world and it's like the future lies before you. And it's like, well, I want to know what happened before and what happened in the past yeah. so that I can make sense of this it's, world. It's all built at the time when the game starts is how it feels. That's like the only way Something's, I can describe yeah. it. It, it, yeah. it just feels like it was, it all happened right before they launched the servers, you know? Yeah. Right. It's like, it just blinked into existence and here we are. So yeah, very, very cool stuff. And, and he sort of went on about the process of creating all, you know, building out Wild's End, building out the points of interest there and how they work, JN and Jared and, and the other devs on the team. It was, it was a neat uh, back and forth process that it sounds like. So yeah, love to hear well, like, stuff. like you mentioned earlier, they kind of came to the conclusion that Wild's End was, uh, didn't have enough points of interest. Right. And right. You know, that gets passed to, uh, you know, the team, whether it's Jared or, or Chris or, you know, what, however. Um, but what I love about this is they basically determined like, okay, we need more things. And they added a few more, which we'll talk about uh, in a second. But um, the even just the giant ruins, uh, I love that they passed this to Tim, Tim Schuler, uh, environment artist. And uh, Tim basically just built this place out you know swing back over to jared and jn to be like wow you know this is amazing mm -hmm. um and uh and what i i especially love about this specific thing talking about all the giant ruins is um and i, I don't think this was planned but uh we literally get to see exactly what he's talking about here like we just saw it um yeah. and <laughs> i think that's really cool um because it just lined up super perfectly we just saw that footage from last dev stream about like where we got to look at these ruins be like whoa that's way more than we were expecting mm -hmm. and i guess that's just the natural evolution of that kind of point of interest and uh yeah yeah it was a it's a nice companion piece i said it last time on the last episode it's a nice companion piece to go along with this uh so i'm i'm really uh, i'm really into that um they talked about the daydream ascent yeah. uh, as a more recent addition uh, got a little information about the, the daydream themselves because, you know, when they showed that last year, they talked about it a little bit. There was a lore piece to go along with it. Um, and we knew that it was like a, a sort of a dragon. We, the idea we had was that it was like dragon worshippers or maybe something along. Yeah, those some lines. kind of dragon cult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dragon cult of some sort. But what what they said on this was that it's a, it's a global faction and there's many individual groups of daydream on Terminus. Now, the one in Wild's End has been there a long time. They actually had an encounter with the Revenant and they're still there, which was sort of like. Yeah. Hmm. Like, what does that JN mean? leaned into that too. Cause he's like, make of that what you will. And then, you know, like <laughs> moves on like, that is such a tease. Like, you know, does yeah. that mean that they're working with the Revenant? And, or that they're so strong that they, they, they withstood the Revenant and the Revenant were like, yeah, we don't want any part of this. Like we're moving on. Yeah, you know? Maybe like, this is one of the only places in Sanctum or in Sanctum in Terminus where they didn't hide out in a Sanctum. And I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so many, so many questions. And, uh, I love that it's left to the mystery. And I mean, when they do these things with, with Jan and I send in questions, I know like, I'm like, I got to ask one that I know he'll answer. And then I got to 
press my luck on a couple yeah. others, right? But it's you got like two out of three. I did. I did. <laughs> yes. So that's not too bad. Um, there was a point in here where they talked about the daydreams. They have a relationship with the dragons. Like we said, it's a, it's a dragon cult. And then, and then he responded to you being mischievous in the chat <laughs> yeah. saying, you know, no pressure, no pressure. Thanks. Desmond. But, uh, <laughs> The the whole relationship with dragons is kind of a continual old like tease about the daydream, um, and I th- I think this was when there was a, a point where someone asked like uh, you know what sets uh, the lore in Pantheon apart, and it was like worded in, in such a specific way. I remember <laughs> my 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 heckling was you know tell tell us Jan why is Pantheon's lore just better than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right yeah anyway you know, no, exactly and the, and the appropriate response is thanks no pressure right so yeah i mean but it, you're not wrong i mean you're not wrong it's some of the best lore i've ever read so um now here we go with the with the part that we got tons of information yes. and this uh again was about the deities so this is the pantheon i mean this is in the name of the game it's the pantheon <laughs> of deities so we we need to know about these things. Um, specifically, we learned about the gnome pantheon, and this is something they've never talked about before. Um, give a couple quotes here that uh, JN mentioned. He said they he described them as being similarly disembodied. So like in the same way the gnomes are like not they don't have a corporeal uh, existence; they're, they're just energy. Their their pantheon is similarly disembodied. For what that means, he said. The gnomes run the risk of losing themselves internally as much as externally. And basically they're, they're like unsure of how to interact with the world. And if they, you know, it's, it's, it's very, it's very much a concept the way he described it here. Yeah, He was definitely like loose on purpose, but he did say like, while they're unsure of how to interact with the world, he said, it's almost like a cultural mandate that they do anyway um, because of, yeah, because because of reasons, <laughs> because and their deities basically reflect this um, this sort of weird, you know, uh, emotional disconnection that they have to be worried about at all times. You know, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. I don't want to say things that aren't true, but it's it is we do have to speculate a little bit. Um, he said they're not like the classic type of deities, like the Greek gods or, or the Roman gods or anything like that. And they they have names, but they're also not traditionally named so like it's everything about them is unorthodox much like pantheon's gnomes in themselves which yeah. lovely you know is a great sort of sy- synergy and synchronicity between them so it's almost like you know they they have emotions and, and that's the influence so i like i like that as a concept yeah uh the the little bit i grabbed from this section was that like jan uh, and he kind of said this really quick, so I don't know how like concrete this is, but he 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 kind of used the word alignment, um, or, or uh, the deities as if they were feelings like sadness or determination, right? Um, right. And that's just really interesting. What a cool idea! Like, I mean, I'm sure it's been done. It's in some point in in literary fiction history where you know deities are 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 emotions you know like just personifications of emotion i don't right. know well and just such a neat just with how you know tying it into before uh what you're talking about with them being kind of disconnected from these things mm-hmm. uh maybe you know they he said their form of worship is a little different as well but you know if they're disconnected from these things if they are like emotions um you know their form of worship might be like trying to hold on to and practice 
and remember these feelings right. because if they don't, they'll kind of fade away, which I mean, yeah, I, I might start tearing up here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very human, you know, not, you know, human, but not human at the same time. Um, idea uh, that uh, we are we are what our emotions are you know we are that if we don't have those you know what are we we're not human anymore so <laughs> i like that idea so, yeah we're getting we're getting deep here man this is going down a this is going down a psychological hey, i wouldn't say here. this is completely like this i feel was very inferred like i don't think we're too yes. far off but i want to see how it is represented in game but i mean I, yeah. like like with all the races i feel like there's something you know specific and unique that like ties you to a story of a race and 100%. how they are, you know, and these kind of things, yeah. man, like even if you're not like a lore person, like I feel like just relating to the race that you play in the game uh, has some meaning and helps you, you know, yeah. enjoy the game. And, uh, and this is a really it's, deep it, connection that I think is awesome. Yeah. It's a touchstone that everybody can connect with, you know, so, and, but hopefully now the next one is, is not, oh, would be yeah. a scary, if this is your oh, touchstone, yeah. <laughs> the scar deities he talked about, and this is the nine God and the nine hates. And he described it in cont contrast to the gnomes as being almost an external version of the gnome pantheon. So, you know, he said, scar life is basically torment <laughs> trying, trying to find peace both internally and externally. And he said, Scargle is a terrible, terrible place yeah, <laughs> where yeah. everything is awful. And, you know, you know, but again, there's, there's a connection there. There's a, there's an emotional touchstone there that somebody can, because again, you know, these are, these are parts of our, we can relate to this, you know, and, and everybody has these, these emotions and everybody knows this sort of that utter feeling of, you know, being in an awful place and, and just everything is going wrong and everything's tough, you know? So I, th I think it's so cool. And, and they dropped the, I don't know if this, this is, is an before, actual being. Next, no, this is, this is real. Yeah. I thought so too. The scar signature character is a monk. Yeah. And that is very different. That is a very, uh, interesting approach to, uh, to, uh, the, uh, signature characters and to scar from what we know of them so far cannot wait to hear about that yeah and, well uh, as he said uh the signature characters are all meant to be like a slight spin on each of the races too to like help you kind of get a better idea um kind of like through how they're slightly different uh you get to get you know the lens with what the race is normally like right um and i, th I think you see that a lot with thalen greyborn uh uh um dothane um obviously he's right. the whole thing with him is that he feels like he doesn't measure up you know and um right all right. Yeah, anyway uh this is such an easy podcast episode <laughs> to get off track <laughs> it so is but, it's so but is. i mean I, I know you probably don't want to hear this Derek, but i i really think the scar uh have a lot more going for them than uh than being just kind of one-sided you know just evil beast race right <laughs> yeah i'm you know i'm coming around i'm i'm coming around to uh to appreciate them for for all they are i think yeah jjn really does seem to be kind of pushing that it's it's just a lot more complicated um than you you might think just with the you know just looking at them and um and you know the scar life's just difficult um and that can we'll see how that end up, ends up manifesting um but i don't know i'm really eager to hear and hopefully get a story on the signature character um you know yeah 
<laughs> no, no. when we um when when they, when he released the bait i look back on that the podcast shows we did the episodes we did back when we uh when the bait was yeah. released i look back on those episodes really fondly because we had so much fun so discussing hyped, yeah. them <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like we it felt like this feels like one of those episodes where we're just we're just having our lore dinner you know we're just feasting on this this stuff because it's so good and like you say um you know the story of a is a good example of something that i really connected with because it was different from an ogre you know yeah. or from a yeah well, like it, it showed that we some think of, of the like troubles of the culture not that like the culture is like inherently just super evil or whatever but it, it like through the lens of a Rockamel, who's also like, I mean, I wouldn't want to run into him in a hallway, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> but <yeah>. like <laughs> through that lens, no you get joke. to see the, the race in a different light. And I think that's how um, we'll see Scar eventually. I, I mean, I don't think it's going to convince you and Sparrow to like, you know, like the <laughs> Scar, but I think my gut feeling is just that, um, you know, maybe we'll see Scar maybe with more pity than, than anything. Um, and and I think uh, Jan really likes that people are are already really interested in them, and um, I think there's going to be some sympathizing. Yeah. I think, and uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I don't have to like them, but I maybe I respect them. Yeah, right? you, so. you can be like, that's really interesting. I will never yes. play one. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly right. That's hundred percent it. Um, you know, Jan said that they uh, they do like to hear from the community about how they can get the lore out there better. Uh, made a funny, uh, you know, like and subscribe joke there. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> so, got it. Seems like that's going around these days. But um, you know, he may, I, something he said that I thought was really cool and sort of relates to our show here is that even though he doesn't read fan fiction for, with good reason because he doesn't want to like you know something the way that ideas come to your head is sometimes it's just you don't want to have an, uh, an accidental coincidental idea that happened to come from something you read. But I know Ben and I is shaking his head right now in disbelief. You know, <laughs> he thinks that JN's reading, you know, and, and, you know, making the humans goodies, you know, and, and promoting them as sort of some conspiracy theory. Didn't um, he, on, did on like our discord, didn't he say, uh, JN is an Amenthiel sycophant? Uh, <laughs> sycophant. Yes. He said he's an, he's an Amenthiel sycophant. So that made me laugh. Absolutely. But, you know, something that he did say about the fan fiction is that it's just, it's inspiring, right? It's, it's the fact that uh, people feel inspired enough and that they've created a world that's alive enough to to create a pawn, you know? So and create speak, good and things upon too, whether he knows it or not, yeah. but... <laughs> Yes. So he may not read it, but we do. And we, we love to share it with you, with you also, and uh, bring that to light. So, um, you know, one of the, one of the discussions that they led into was something about the perception system. And now this isn't exactly lore related. It's more of a game design thing. Uh, but I thought it was a good discussion because we've, we've praised their perception system and how it's, it's so, you know, the idea of it layered. At least. Yeah. The idea. Yeah. The flags that your character can acquire and that determines all these variable outcomes but he made a good point that you know it's like complexity does not always mean something's better and he used the example of like a switchboard operator with these you know hundreds of cables to plug in everywhere yeah. and, and i thought that was a really good point he's he's sort of getting to the root of it being it has to have some meaning there has to be something behind it to support it it can't just be a a hundred flags that cause things that are just different there needs to be a real differentiator meaning in that differentiation right yeah and and i i think that was a really great point um but i also noticed he he dropped a little bit about their tool uh pulse which is one of the things they they use to kind of create 
these uh, oh, nice. systems. I didn't catch that. That's um, really interesting. I didn't catch that. Actually. You know, I'm I'm listening for the tangible gameplay implications. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but there are a few things that he kind of rattled off that are options for them. Um, you know, and I I don't know if we'll be seeing this like in game anytime soon because obviously it seems like perception system isn't like the forefront but um they have talked about their tool pulse which is you know has all this it's kind of graph nodes and uh just ways that their design team can put these systems together and you know while his point was that like we don't we have all of this complexity that we can lean into if we need it but we're not going to lean into it unless we need to right that was the whole point but nevertheless it's really nice to know that they already have tools in place that can um, have all these different like flags and variables. Like you mentioned um, your gear, uh, your faction, your race, your class, uh, current events, uh, things that you've done up to that point, uh, people that you've even walked by and just overheard conversations as a flag, um, what you have equipped, what you have unequipped. Uh, like So all those being potential factors just for the dialogue options or you know, other things like quests maybe, but uh, yeah, a couple of things he said kind of really stood out to me. So one, uh, if they, you know, if they used all the tools, they, they could create a sequence of dialogue just as in depth and variable as a single player RPG, um, which I think, it, again, it's one of those things like we can, obviously they're not going to do that for every single thing. Um, right. But the other thing right. being that it kind of sounds like the goal is to set things up. So, so that you could, you know, play as three or four different characters and get a noticeable difference with your playthrough. Um, I'm sure ha- having a different race and class would dramatically change that, right? But, um, right. you know, it's nothing really new, but it's just encouraging to hear that's like still the goal and that, you know, that they do have tools. Like they've talked about this in the past. It was just nice to hear a kind of an update on, you know, that's it's there. It's just, you know, we need... The manpower yeah. or, or whatever to kind of start really it hooking done. it up but yeah yeah and i think it was just refreshing to uh, reassuring for me to hear jn say like you know we're not ju- just doing it because we can we're doing it if it has meaning and if it has uh depth that adds to the experience yeah, right because right. you could do this you know just for everybody and it could just be like for the sake of doing it so we can say we did it but just purposeful you know yep so yeah, really interesting stuff there. All those flags, and and I I think we're due for another perception, you know, dev stream at some point to talk about where it's at because I think this is so intriguing and just something I've I've loved since day one, and I want to know more about it, and I want to know how it's gonna feel in the world. We right? all do. So, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna uh, yeah we talked about the signature characters, but it, like they said, they have a bunch. Um, the Scar Monk is one, so there are yeah. definitely more than that. That though. was the new so, reveal, but it, they definitely made it clear that they have more i know he's talked about working on a dark mirror dark mirror cleric was it a paladin i think it was a dark mirror cleric that he's got up his sleeve as well in a from a past show uh, uh we can, now we got a very important answer to a question oh yes that we needed to know highlight of the show so th- why are dwarves blue that is a question that has come up before so jan told us causes the, the deity, one of the pantheon deities of the dwarves does not have blue skin. Yep. Uh, he embodies their character more than their external. So it's more of an internal than an external image. And that is 
represented in things like the desire for a family. So when you read the lore about Kazus and the dwarves, it's constantly the refrain is, these are his family. All dwarves are his family. And he sees them as his children, right? And the desire for an immortal soul, right? So Kazus wants to be amongst his family. He wants to be there. And, And I... I think this was really funny because um, it started off as kind of a, you know, a, a joke question, but it actually gave you gave us some interesting insight. Oh to, yeah, uh, his character. Well, it's funny. I think I know where this came up first. Um, I think this was originally from Sir Medieval, actually, because uh, he right. was making his dwarf video, his like dwarf background lore video, because he Sir Medieval also really loves dwarves, um, and he suddenly realized that. It never is specifically stated if Kazus was also blue. Um, and, right. <laughs> and so I think he put up like a YouTube poll uh, or like, you know, all around just like, guys, do you think Kazus is blue or not? Like it says, he, you know, created the dwarves like this, but never actually says it. And so we get an answer from Jan. Like, no, no, it's it's more of an internal thing. Uh, Kazus himself uh, may look quite different. Um so if, yeah, so if it's not in his own image, like how did they become blue, right? So the, the ice of Rifel was mentioned on the show and um, that's probably the most logical connection. Yes, he pressed the reason. ice of Rifel into, was like the stone of Old Dothan, not Old the the mountain. The, <laughs> yeah. Yes, the mountain on Old Dasa, which is the planet. Um, and I don't remember the name of the mountain, but it was a combination of those two two things that made them Look the way they are. I guess that's the the uh, the assumption we can we can sort of go from now. But until uh, we get into the game and we have the chance to actually yeah. dissect a gnome yeah. and find out why, dissect a gnome, dissect a dwarf. I, I, I got you. I know why. I, I think a lot of people in our chat probably are ready to dissect a gnome. They're equally yes. curious. Well, I had gnome on the brain. Probably, so <laughs> don't blame There's, me. There are some um, other in-game then, related things that we're very curious on. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious on all of it. And then one of them is Lady Win Leon. Now, yeah. this was a this was my question. And this comes from the Black Rose Keep. Um, when they put up those lore bits in a newsletter uh, last year, there was there was a name dropped and it was Lady Win Leon as a, a noble from the uh, from Thronefast. So my question was like, you know, what, what can you tell us about her? Um, Jan said she comes from a noble family described her as being sort of caught between two worlds. She's married to Amani Karos, who is the leader of the Black Rose, who you'll know, um, you know, the history there. And there's a story that goes along with that. But she's also not just, you know, his partner. She's doing her own thing, is uh-huh. what he said. She doesn't agree with all the things the Black Rose has done. Um, she started doing her own thing, which he was vague about. You know, what is that now? There's there's tension in the house of the Black Rose, which is a wonderful set. I love he, a, he just threw that line. line out too. I don't know. I think that was just he just naturally yeah. said it that way. And I'm like, that's like that's like a line from <laughs> that's like an ending chapter line, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, man. It's awesome. Man. He just does it naturally. Uh, he said that she's capable of doing whatever she wants. Um, she is a current character, absolutely will be in game uh, in the present time when when we're in there at launch and whatever. Um talked about Amani Karos being one of the most intimidating characters, like very much the antagonist of Thronefast, like just completely against Thronefast. And so it makes you wonder like, what's she up to? You uh-huh. know? What is, how is she, how is she doing her own thing? And what does that mean? So I, I, I love it, that, that there's just this little micro story 
just within throne fast you know like this is human stuff like this isn't world events and big stuff this is like you know trouble in 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 throne fast you know and uh and just the fact that there's another layer to it you know it's just not just like oh monikaros like is like exiled or whatever you know he's against throne fast and so now he's got his black rose keep and you know they're the bad guys because throne fast is a starting city you know <laughs> it's, yes, it's a lot yes, more complicated exactly. than that and uh yes. honestly uh lady win leon sounds like a total badass and uh i'm here for total it badass. i'm here for it <laughs> yes. uh and i can't wait to like dig into the story of that and i, I it with all the complication of narrative here i like this is just set up for being able to gain faction with Black Rose, right? Yes, yes. It's not just a dungeon, I don't think. Um, we'll see how that plays out. But with all this going into it, I'm, I'm excited, <laughs> <laughs> intrigued to the, to say the least. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, cool stuff. Um, the last point uh, that I'll mention that he he talked about answered a question about epic weapon sort of quest lines and storylines. Um, he mentioned that there's a couple in the game. He didn't name them, um, but I know one of them is Arakamel's weapon, Moonfell. That's something that's talked about in Arakamel's uh, signature character story. And then Dothane, the last signature character we met, has one. And I didn't remember I'm what so it was. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> yeah, you got this. You I got may this. have read the bait a few times. And so it, I immediately, I was like, it's Hammer. Um, and because it's, <laughs> yes. it's actually conspicuously the same as lock and hammer uh if you yes. remember the dwarves backstory the and triumvirate yeah yep so yeah. so good on you man good good Thanks, good catch man. there because i didn't remember what it was but uh i love that you know and that's just again that's something that is so intriguing to just players even if you're not into the lore like what are the big bad weapons you know like what can i what can I quest for? What are my goals? And so. and uh, JN even specifically notes that the signature characters are meant to kind of like mirror players in that sense, both with how, you right. know, their story might not line up exactly with like the typical race setup um, and with the, you know, epic weapons, you know, it gets it, a representation of, you know, there's these signature characters like, you know, but this is your story. You you become a, like your own signature character in a sense, um, and I, I like that little. I do know. too. I think that's great. So, so that was pretty much all whoa, the information whoa, whoa, whoa. from this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We've got to do this. So I'd be pretty remiss if we if we finish this segment. I didn't embarrass you with uh, with the huge shout out that Jan gave you. Um, <laughs> yes. You proceed to embarrass okay. me if you must. So right. I really love this part of the show. Obviously, you know, because he totally sidetracks, like completely, like doesn't even let Ronick finish the question to, to say just how much he appreciates you. Um, but also, you know, he talks about like, how much you meant to him um, years ago, like way back in the day when, uh, when you were on Voices at Terminus. And all you did, I guess you, you just said that, you you know, you thought that the writing was really good and, uh, and that really stuck with him. Like it was, he just, you know, came to mind on the show. And I don't know, I think that's just, it's really cool. Just something to keep in mind, you know, the devs hear what we're saying, you know, and, and like those words can stick yeah. years and years later. So, you know, sometimes for yeah. good. Um, 
I was pretty humbled. I mean, I was pretty humbled and, and, and embarrassed for sure, but like in, in a good way. And I, I just, he's such a great dude and like, he's just such a great dude, you know, having, having spoken to him, you know, when, when we interviewed and it was, it was so good and he's just such a nice guy. And somebody told me something one time and I, it's a famous quote. It's not like it's, it was this, this is unknown, but people don't remember what you say to them. They remember how you make yep. them feel. Yep. Right. So it's so true, you know, and, and I remember people that, you know, say things that, stick with me too. when when it's like, it's just, it's such a nice thing and it's just such a human thing. And he's just, you know, just a great dude. And, and I really appreciated those, those kind words. And yeah. I certainly uh, reached out to thank him. It was well, super so. funny because you couldn't be there because you were doing the, the two. I know. And so he, the one, he went the one off time on this. I couldn't be there too. And, and I was thinking like, oh man, <laughs> you know, this is going to be private. Only Theric is going to hear this. And then sure enough, they released it. Live. I was, <laughs> I was just enamored that I got to do this on, on our podcast live and that people would get to hear, uh, Jay and dote on, on my co co-host. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I, as Jan said, you know, Theric's got a good sense of things and, uh, and you, you know, wouldn't say it's good if you didn't actually believe it. Um, and that's, oh, I appreciate wow. that about you. And I hope, you, I hope others in our community get that sense uh, as well. And obviously JN did. So, um, oh. so yeah. Okay. I'm done. I'm well, done. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank God. Because I'm, 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 uh, I'm feeling the, uh, I'm feeling the cheeks flushing a little bit, but uh, thank you. That's very nice of you to say. And it's just great, great community and great, great people that I have around me at a, to, to be spend my time with so love it so well, anyway yeah, let's anyway. move on to uh the next thing and, and this is uh the uh they're doing another one of those gleam.io uh pre-alpha access pass giveaways yes. which is very cool and uh cool little screenshot to go with it too i love how they like release these screenshots as part of these um it actually shows some cool nighttime lighting which is a topic that uh, comes up once in a while but anyway back to the <laughs> back to the actual subject matter um so they're doing another gleam io if you want to get in on this there's a link in the uh we'll put a link in the description of this video you can also go to their uh twitter and find that uh, i think it's pinned on their tweets um it basically just gives you access to this month's pre-alpha session with no need to purchase a pledge do anything else it says join hundreds of other adventurers um they're going to reveal the winner on february 22nd so that's like three days before the uh the pre-alpha test starts so yeah just and there's no there's no like uh, cost to you to enter it's free to enter for everybody and, and you can put multiple entries in as well so yeah just do not, it right i mean I'm, i'm again i'm rooting for a man rohan or redbeard flynn um selfishly <laughs> um but you know yes. everyone last time a lot of people entered um but don't let that hold yeah. you back you know you never know yeah Get in there, man. It's going to be a good time. So that's the VR news for the week. Let's uh, let's talk about what's going on Pantheon Plus this week. Um, the MMO March Madness is in full swing. So if you don't know what that is, we did a little promo. Go back and check our episode last week, uh, and you'll see what it's all about. But basically, the the brackets are being submitted. There's like 18 last time I counted yeah. uh, submitted so far. So people are putting their stuff in there to get ready. And then the voting starts on March 1st. So um, again, this is no cost to enter. Just, you know, a little 
effort on your part to fill out a bracket and you're you could win some stuff we're giving away a hoodie a pantheon plus hoodie we're giving away that's first place second place prize is a after dark a pantheon plus after dark mug so the after dark crew and then third place is a pantheon plus after dark fridge magnet so it's really cool and uh, you can uh, check out there's a link in the description for the merch that we uh, we have available um as as uh, prizes for this which is awesome so drac is uh, all over this and uh, speaking of drac him and his buddies are still doing going hard on dark age of camelot that's the pantheon plus midnight after dark crew that i mentioned mondays midnight on our twitch channel right um we are still going strong on lord of the rings online having a great time tuesday nights nine o'clock eastern on our twitch channel seven o'clock on thursdays on our youtube channel with our respective 101 and 201 teams that's a lot of fun our friend Ben and I has another fan fiction piece. He's translated into audio mm-hmm. form going up on his YouTube channel. This is called Shadow of the Fox and the Wolf, or Amonsal Shadow, the Fox and the Wolf, I should say. Very uh, great story. It's part two of that. So check that out. As you mentioned, Des, our friend Redbeard Flynn going strong with his content. He's reviewing where EverQuest 2 is at in 2023. Uh, I love to uh, see that. One of my favorite games, yours as well, uh-huh. I know. So. And uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that's pretty much all that's going oh, on. Right yeah, there. nothing yeah. else. Nothing, nothing. nothing. Huge oh, no, or massive that. <laughs> no, huge, massive announcement. We are streaming in the next Pantheon pre-alpha session. Pantheon Plus has been gifted, received permission from Visionary Realms to stream two hours of pre-alpha gameplay. And we are doing that on Saturday, February 25th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern on our Twitch channel. Drac is running the show. We've got Drac, myself, you, Desrin. We've got Stands in the Fire, Sparrow, and Daimlos. I'm not forgetting anybody, right? <laughs> is that everybody? I think that's oh, everybody. Oh, no. I wasn't, I wasn't um, paying attention. <laughs> I think you got everyone. Pretty sure that's, pretty sure that's six people. And uh, we are, we are going to have a great time you do not want to miss this this is exclusive stuff and we are going to be doing we're gonna go hard nobody's <laughs> are going hard we're going in because we might not you know who knows when this opportunity comes along again we have a game plan now i'm being sort of circumspect with the details but i will tell you because i want to leave some stuff to the to the imagination that the characters from this test have they've said have not been wiped over the last two test sessions so take from that what you will and uh we have a game plan i will note desrin is our only healer so yeah, no if we pressure. die it's all your fault no pressure <laughs> you're like freaking out this whole week you're like yeah in behind the scenes guys <laughs> i protested immediately <laughs> i was like is this i found out through the announcement that i was the only healer <laughs> and uh yes, yes yeah it's it's gonna be a little nerve-wracking um but like they said, we do have a game friend. plan and we want to cram as much into these two hours as possible uh, just to get the most value um, for you guys, really, <laughs> out of this. Yeah, and, um, totally. That kind of leads me to, to, while we have some ideas of what we want to do, we want to hear like, what would you guys want us to do? Uh, so if you have any suggestions or maybe some questions that, you know, keep, keep it reasonable, but, you know, things that we might be able to respond to during the live stream if you want to like preload us with that stuff um yeah drop them in the comments on our videos and um or just go to our our discord uh there's obviously you know pantheon chat uh chat channel on discord is a great great spot 
uh, or tag us on Twitter, you know, one way or another, just get a hold of us and we'll try to, you know, collate a list of things uh, to keep in mind for those two hours and see if we can cram stuff in there. And I think it's going to be a really uh, busy and crazy time, but uh, (laughs) I am dead set on this being like the most informative pre-alpha stream ever. So yes yeah i know i'm I've, i'm gonna be working on this all week like i've got the game plan and i we're gonna be talking about it us you know the, the group of us and figuring out how we can just not waste a single moment of this because we really want to hit it hard like you said does so whew, i'm so excited that was such a great thing to announce this weekend uh, i'm just so excited for this so definitely look forward to seeing everybody there so that is it for this week's news and notes The Pantheon community is full of cool projects, new people, and things that are just worth sharing. Hmm? What's this over here? (gasps) Look at that. So let's see what we can find in this week's Community Spotlight. All right, Community Spotlight time. And again, it feels pretty good to have a decent chunk of community content flowing again. Um, Yeah. (laughs) No, like, I I don't want to say it's been, uh, you know, a little anemic i guess but i i don't know maybe it took a lot of people a, a, a little bit longer to recover from new year's right um but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know who's really in full swing right now uh ben and i um you mentioned him yes. on the calendar but uh two things from ben and i this week one was kind of a surprise a very glad surprise but uh the first one you mentioned you know the fox and the wolf part one uh these are amazing he's doing an, a fantastic job uh like narrating and adding ambience and and yeah it's just it's a treat uh so check that out uh there is also pantheon rise of the fall in february 2023 guide to wild's end now we had some conversations on our discord right um and mm-hmm. trying to figure out where these different spots were because all this you know new area that was revealed that we're super stoked on um and ben and i as he does super well, digs super deep and uh, kind of corrects us uh, in, in a lot of ways. Um, like mm-hmm. the gate uh, it's yeah, it's in the Northwest of the, of the zone. So what we were seeing was just kind of like the whole giant ruins um, except for like, well, I think one shot in the video and he points it out. He points out where the cameras right. are like it, it's very informative. It's actually not even that long, too. So it it makes very good use of time. Great video if you yeah. want to kind of get some more context on what that last dev stream was. Yeah, he's he's got a real future as not only as just an author because he's an amazing author, but as like a just a content creator. Yeah. Like this is the kind of stuff that people feed on, right? These short to the point narrative, like narrative free. Just show me the thing. Like just show me the thing. That's all I want, right? So I, I think this is a great idea. I totally encourage him to continue to do these because I think this is like, that's 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 gold. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, great job, Ben and I. Uh, and can't wait to see more. Uh, then next up, Sermon Evil's back. Uh, tracking the alpha progress of December and January. And uh, this is so catching up uh, basically on progress from December and January because he, uh, he's been doing other content. Uh, he's kind of lightened up a little bit as well. Um, so he's getting back on that horse and uh, and tackling kind of two months of dev tracker stuff uh, all at once. So if you want to get recapped nice. on that, you know, yeah, 
I have to I have to watch this one. I haven't I haven't had a chance to yeah, check. It's it pretty out. quick too. Uh like he, he covers a lot of ground. <laughs> Two months, you know. Um and <laughs> yes. then our our buddy, Redbeard Flynn. He, he's, he's everywhere. everywhere yeah he's on two podcasts <laughs> this week uh and I, I know i'm kind of breaking my own rules here a little bit but um it's red beard flynn we can break some rules for for red uh the first podcast yeah. which i mentioned was coming up last week so i'm gonna remind you was the 1v1 podcast now last one was with basgrim and basgrim recommended red so they were just like, all right, I guess we get Redbeard Flynn on the show now. I mean, you, you can't really say no to Baz. So, um, no, no. <laughs> a Baz recommendation comes, comes very highly in the, in the podcasting world. Yes. And, and very deserved, very deserved. Um, so yeah, Redbeard Flynn, if you enjoyed the one V one with, uh, Baz, you probably love the one with red. So, and then also our buddies at disparate worlds did another, um, they call it walking the plank. Um, a, uh, let's see. So this one was called MMORPG post-launch die-offs and, you know, again, not really Pantheon, but, uh, we love disparate worlds and, and red. So, uh, it's another really fun, <laughs> like interview slash talk, mm-hmm. uh, with, with all of them together. Um, so check that out also, uh, in the description. And then, uh, of course, speaking of Basgrim, uh, he did his watch party for the last dev stream. Now, the last dev stream, as you guys know, if you listened to our last episode, was packed. And who is going to unpack that better <laughs> than, than Basgrim, step by step? Yeah, nobody. It's a long one. <laughs> it's a long one. But yeah, I, I don't think you could really go beyond. <laughs> so no. check that out. Um, that's on YouTube now. Um, but that is actually going to be it for this week's community spotlight. All right. Well, that is the show. No, no lore piece this week. I know, uh, I was, I was so oh. busy this week and trying to get everything done. I know we don't often miss the lore pieces, but this is one week where we had to. So <clears throat> I promise it'll be yeah. back next yeah. week and we will, but we talked about a lot of lore. Anyways, I think that's so, I mean, kind of makes kinda... up for it, right? Like the whole episode yeah. was a lore piece. So basically, yes. If you haven't stopped <laughs> so watching go. by now, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we if we haven't fed your lore soul by now you're you're never going to be satisfied so. uh, uh yeah anyway so again uh, thank you everyone for being here today i just want to say as we as we end the show that you know the opportunities like being able to stream pre-alpha is we only get those because you uh support us in, in the show and what we do not only here on the rewind but all of the pantheon plus stuff we do you know and we do this out of passion for the project and you know if you go to our youtube page you can see our little video on our home page like what is our vision what is our goal it hasn't changed since day one you know it's it's all about building community to support pantheon being a successful mmo and one that we want and one that we lasts one that we make our home you know that's that's been the message since day one and that is that is what we're trying to do so it's and your support is everything so just being able to do this uh, stuff is super cool and we do not take it for granted oh yeah we know that's why we want to that's why i think desert had the idea you you know to to ask people what they want you know and leave a comment let us know what you'd like to see in the in the stream because we want to represent we want to you know pay that back right so anyway uh just a little gratitude i cannot wait to see you all next saturday 
2 p.m. Eastern, January 25th, the stream. Come out, represent the Rewind crowd strong, you know, get in there and and uh, let us know you're there. So we uh, cannot wait to see you there. So with that, I'll say have a great week and see you next weekend. See you next weekend, everyone. Woo! <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Pantheon Plus is not affiliated with Visionary Realms. Be sure to check out our Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube channels under the name Pantheon Plus. You can follow Theric at Pantheon Theric on Twitter and Desrin at Desrin Does also on Twitter. And you can stay up to date with all things Pantheon at www.pantheon.plus. Until next time, cheers and thanks for listening.